Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve sallallahu ve barakalal aşrafın anbiya ve mursalin. Nebiyyina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve selleme teslima kethira. Amma ba'd. Elhamdülillah we have reached our next chapter in relation to the Kitab al-Salah, the book of the Salah. And this is the chapter pertaining to the Adab al-Masih al-Salah. So the mannerisms of walking to the prayer. The Adab al-Masih al-Salah. And so no doubt, as we discussed previously in relation to the Salah itself, no doubt the Salah it has its conditions, it has its pillars, it has its wajibah, it has its sunan. However, there are ahkam specifically laid down as well in relation to how a person approaches the salah and the manner in which they approach the salah itself. And this is the chapter that we wish to discuss today, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. And the author, Ibn Qudam al-Rahimahullah, he begins a mention Bab Adab al Mashi al Salah. Yustahab al Mashi al Salah is Sakina wal Wakar. We call it Baina Khutahu wala Yushabbik Asabiah. And so, what is Mustahab, what is recommended? What is recommended for the one that is. Walk into the prayer. I walk into attend the salah. And the salah al jama'ah, walk into the masjid. Is that he walks in a manner that is of tranquility. And it was sakina. And as mentioned as well, that he walks يعني, with small steps. So there's small gaps between the steps that he makes. So this is the first two things that I mentioned. That he walks in a manner of sakina. So he walks in a manner of tranquility and wal-waqar, and sakina, wal-waqar. And also, the manner in which he walks, that the steps that he takes are close to one another. One step after the other. With close steps. So the first, when mentioning Sakir al Waqar, is due to the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the hadith of Abi Huraira, where he mentioned, alayhi salatu wa salam, ituha. وعليكم السكين والوقار. I come to it, يعني it, يعني من الصلاة. And upon you is this affair of tranquility. نعم, a person approaching the salah and they approach the salah with this tranquility. And when it comes to, and this is that's a hadith which is found in Sahih Muslim. When it comes to the person. Walking 
and having the steps close to one another, then what is the wisdom in, in this? What is the wisdom in this? Now to increase in agent because if you if you if you uh, have closer steps to one another, then it means how the the, the, the steps are going to be more essentially. Naam, naam, as you mentioned, it's going to increase in ajr for the person for every step that they take towards the salah. Then this is this means what? What happens with every step that they take? With one foot. Increasing ajr and the other step, removal of a, of the khatai, removal of the sins. So if you make the steps smaller, yeah, one up step after the other, but with small with small spaces, then this would mean that the person, inshallah ta'ala, will be able to attend the salah, yeah, by way of making more steps, Naam. and this is from the action as well of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It's from the action of the Prophet Sallallahu And Ibn Humayd mentions يعني, in his uh, in his Mustad uh, uh, the narration of Zayd and Thabit. And this narration mentions that the Prophet Sallallahu would walk to the Salah wa qarab bayna al-khata' Meaning al qarab and made, and made the, the steps between one another close. Naam. And <clears throat> this narration itself now this narration of Zayd al-Thabit is a narration which is da'if. Naam, the notion is da'if. However, does this negate the hukum? So if we say now that the narration is da'if, does it negate the hukum? It negate the fact that a person should make smaller steps between when ascending the salah. Does this negate that? Which Which generation can support? Because so important notion about the sakina, so you can say the sakina. So if you walk with the steps closer to each other, then this is this can only be done in the manner of sakina. Yeah. Now, you know the narration about the previous narration about the sakina is sahih, sahih Muslim. This narration, however, is daif. So you said this that the the hukum can be supported due to the fact that the person walks with sakina. It's a wedge. What else? Though? What other narration can support the fact that the person? It's maybe better to the person to walk with steps close to one another. What else can be can be used to support that? What other narration? Now, what? Now, now. The same narration that we mentioned previously. Naam. So the same narration that we mentioned previously in relation to the the steps that the person takes to the salah. Naam. One of them increasing the ajah, one of them removing the khatai, removing the, the, the sins. 
then we understand that this as well is an indication of how a person should walk to the salah. And a person should increase or seek to, to do whatever they can to increase the steps that they make towards the salah. Ma'am. So there's not, it doesn't negate it doesn't negate the fact that you have this hukum. Even though you have the narration and this narration is da'if, we cannot say, okay, the narration is, is, is the modal istidlal. So we cannot, we cannot say that the narration itself is the istidlal, what we can use as the proof, or the delil. What we can use as the proof. Rather, the delil is, is the previous narration about the steps that the person takes towards the salah. Naam. And so this is an indication about how a person should approach the salah. Wallahu ta'ala. A'lam. Naam. Thereafter, it mentions where you call Bismillah, Aladi Khalakani for Hua Yahdin, Al Ayat, Ila Kolihi, Illa Man Atallah will be called Bil Salim. Illa Man Atallah will be called Bil Salim. And so, Thereafter, the person who states, after the Basmala, the ayat, in Surah Shu'ara, from Alladhi Khalaqani Fahuwa Yahdeen, up to the ayat, Illa man atallaha biqalbin salim. I know some mentions, these ayat. Naam. And likewise, Yukul, Allahumma inni as'alaka bihaqqin sa'ilin alayka biwa bihaq. Amam shahada fi inni lam akhruj. Asharran, asharan, wala bataran, wala riya'an, wala sum'atan. Kharajtu ittiqa' sakhatik. وابتغاء مرضاتك أسألك أن تنقذني من النار وأن تغفر لي ذنوبي إنه لا يغفر الذنوب إلا أنت. So we have this particular du'a mentioned as well, and this is due to the narration which is found in Musnad of Imam Ahmed. It's due to the narration which is found in Musnad of Imam Ahmed, where is narrated of Abi Sa'id Abi Sa'id al-Khudri قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من خرج من بيته إلى الصلاة فقال اللهم نعم فقال اللهم إني أسألك بحق سائل عليك يعني وأسألك بحق ممشى هذا لآخر دعاء يعني نعم أقبل الله عليه بوجهه وَاسْتَغْفَرَ لَهُ سَبْعُونَ أَلْفَ مَلَكَ And so, as is mentioned, this particular dua, and this particular narration, and this particular narration mentions that whoever leaves the house for the salah and states the dua, أَلَهُمَّ إِنِّي أَسْأَلَكَ بِحَقِّ السَّائِلِينَ عَلِيكَ وبحق الممشى هذا فإني لم أخرج أشرا ولا بطرا ولا رياعا ولا سمعة خرجت ارتقاء سخطك وابتغاء مرضاتك أسألك أن تنقذني من النار وأن تغفر لي ذنوبي إنه لا يغفر ذنوبي إلا أنت
Now, we mentioned this to Adam, and Allah Ta'ala will come and accept that which he stated or that which he supplicated for and seek and those are from the Malaika, the 70,000 from amongst the Malaika will seek forgiveness for him. And so this is the narration, as we mentioned, the narration which is found in the Musnad. Narration. So this, uh, this dua specifically is in relation to the narration found in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed. This particular narration. Now, however, as I mentioned in relation to this, this narration, then this narration is, yani, da'if. Now it says da'if in this narration. However, you have another narration in relation to the one that makes the, uh, attends the salah and makes a particular dua. And he states, now this narration of Ibn Abbas and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, now, and this narration is a Sahih narration. Now, this is a narration which is a Sahih narration, which is found in Sahih Muslim. The significance I mentioned both narrations is to illustrate that this is, you find that maybe for a particular action there are particular adia uh, du'as that are, are mentioned for one particular action. So the action we're talking about today is the Mashi al-Salah, the, the person attending the Salah. And that there's a particular action that I mentioned for that. A particular adia, yani du'as that are mentioned for that. However, in the case of this uh, this particular action, then the du'a which is sahih is the second one. It's the one of Ibn Abbas. Naam, the second one, the one of Ibn Abbas. And so here, uh, Ibn Qudama, he mentions uh, the du'a, but he mentions the du'a if the person leaves the house. Naam, if the person leaves the house, and then heading towards the Salah, he mentioned the Dua with the narration found in where? Which narration does he mention? Uh, Ibn Qudama. The Musnad. He, so he mentions the, the narration found in Musnad Imam Ahmed. And this narration, the Hukum, this narration is that? Is? Ta'if. However, what a person can understand, Bedlam from, or in exchange of that narration, is that you have the exact same Dua, or you have a Dua rather, for the exact same action, which is attending the salah, which is sahih, and that is found in the sahih of a Muslim. Naam. So, generally what you understand as well from these, from this affair as well, going back, all the way back to what we were discussing in the Maqaddimah, Naam, is that when it comes to ahkam fiqhiyah, a person may make a particular hukum in fiqh based upon their understanding of a narration. So an individual may see this narration, and understand the narration to be sahih. Let's say the mithal. Now, our person understands the narration to be sahih. And so he says, based on that narration, the hukum of the one that's, that's mashing the salah, the one that's attending the salah, is that he does kether. For him to. That he does, in this case, does mention these words of, of adiyah, these words of supplication. 
However, there's another narration that is Asah minhu. Now, another narration which is more authentic than it. Now, how else can we can this occur as well, where you may find that uh, uh, there's a difference in a masala fiqiyah? So, obviously, of course, if you look at this now, if you read the text, Ibn Qadam has mentioned this particular dua as from the adab of a masjid al-salah. However, we say that this is not the dua that's the adab of masjid al-salah, it's the second dua. Naam, the dua mentioning uh, of, Ibn, uh, of Ibn Abbas. Naam, how else can do you think it can occur as well? So it's on a side note. So exactly, and understand. So the narration, they may have ittifaq ala sihat nas. So they may agree that the the, the nas, the text itself, is correct and authentic. However, they differ in understanding of the the uh, the text. What's an example of that? In the salah. Putting the hands back on the chest. The classic. Now I'm putting the hands back on the chest. Why? Do they do they use different narrations? No, Not necessarily. It's how it's, it's about how it's understood. So the hukum is derived from how it's understood. Now, so the people they understand that the hands go back to where they were in different ways. So if someone says oh, the hands went back to where they were, yeah, they back to where they were before the record. Or back to where they were, yani umum, where they back where they were generally, which is by the side. Naam. Likewise, we're in the salah, when it comes to the individual going down into sajda. Now, the prohibition of going down to sajda is that you don't go down like the the camel. So, so those that understand that narration, they may understand the narration to mean that they go down on the knees. Some understand the same narration to mean you go down on the hands. Now, why? It's the text, and, and the, the understanding of the text can be one way, it could be, be understood another way. Now, that's an example. Another example of how you can have differing, or how, another way that you can have a specific differing in uh, issues of faith. So, the obvious one is that the one, one person sees the text to be sahih, and another one doesn't see it to be sahih, so they differ. About the rulers that derive from them. What else? Naam, the availability of the narrations. That someone from Ahlul may have the availability of this narration, but doesn't have availability of that narration. So, based on what he has available to him in his ishtihad, then he makes the particular hukum. Right? Going back also to understanding or the authenticity, sometimes there is ikhtilafat when it comes to how the people authenticate or, the, or nah, how they authenticate a narration. Nah. So you may find that some of, the, of those that judged upon the narrators, for example, would do so in a manner which would regard as being with tasahul. Nah. So there, there was a degree of... Um, they, they were lenient when it came to judging upon narrators. And so if you're lenient upon narrators, then it may mean that you judge this, his narrations to be sahih or hasan or whatever the case may be, but accepted. Rather, another individual would not regard it as being accepted. Does that make sense? 
So this it, this is how these 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 things can occur. Allahu Taala, Adam. So thereafter, thereafter he mentions for either for in semi al iqama, lam yasa ilayha. They call it Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They come the akima to salah. Falata tuha wa antum tasuna wa tuha alaykum as sikina. Fama adraktum for solu. Wama fat fatatum. Nam fatimu. And so here, likewise, is what it mentions. If the person if the salah, if you hear the ikama, if you hear the ikama, then the person should not hasten towards the salah. And if you hear the ikama, the person should not hasten towards the salah. You need to rush to the prayer. So, this is something that we see occurs. Wallahu musta'al. That they, they, uh, they hear, they, they hear the, the ikama. Or sometimes as well, they enter the masjid and they see, they, they find the imam in rukhur. They want to catch the rakah. So he begins to walk fast. And that fast walk turns into a light jog. Before he knows it, before, by, by the time he gets to the south, he's sprinting. Naam. No doubt this is, a, this is something which is, is, um, is prohibited. That the person, when he attends to his his so it's just what if he hears the ikama. Why? Because the person he intends inshallah he wishes to reach in time for the takbir ihram. So this is much even much less that the person he's missed the takbir ihram and he's still rushing. Naam. Both of these the, the person should avoid this. Naam. Rather if he does so, then as mentioned in the narration, if the salah has been established, i.e. the ikam has been called, then do not hasten towards or rush towards it. Rather, come to the salah in a manner of tranquility. And that which you make from the salah, that which you have reached, and you're able to pray from the salah, then you pray that. And that which you miss, then you make up from it. Now, so that which you make from the salah, then you pray it. And that which you miss from it, then you make up from it. And this is due to the this is the desperation of uh, Abi Huraira. The particular narration is of Abi Huraira. Now, what is the wisdom of this? Of this Adam Surah, yeah, and the, the, the person not rushing towards the Salah. What's the wisdom of that particular ruling, Barakallah Fiqh? To not disturb the people. Naam. So it, it, would, it would essentially it would affect your own Salah. Naam. Because if you're rushing, then you're going to be in a state, or you're going to be in, as they say, flustered state. So you, you're rushing to the Salah. It's not a case that you rush to the salah and then once you reach the saf, you're going to be able to focus straight away. 
because you've been rushing. You, your mind is on rushing, and you're you're on that 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 mindset, and so it's going to affect your salah. I no doubt that the attitude that we should have when it comes to our salah is that we want to perfect every single action of salah. The attitude we have to, that we should have with the salah is that we want to have our al qalb, our qulub. Yeah, you want the fact that our qulub is hadir, this salah, is present. Naam, every in relation to every action. However, if the person is in a, in a flustered state, then it may affect the manner in which he begins the salah. And it may take him some time before he calms down and is able to refocus the mind and refocus his heart upon yani, the ibadah. So the person attends, going back to what we mentioned, he attends, he walks to the salah in a tranquil manner. Naam. If, and, he, and that which he makes in the salah, he makes. And that which he misses, he misses and he makes it up. Naam. It's no point the individual now he rushes to the salah and he, and he establishes the salah in a flustered state. And so he may he prays that rakah, but he prays that rakah and his heart is his heart is not attentive to that salah. Naam. So what the manner in which he prays that rakah is a, is a way in is a manner in which he is He's not completely attentive to the salah. Because his mind is still, as, he, as they say, buzz, he's still buzzing. He's still, still thinking about attending the salah. He doesn't even know he's there now. He's still in that state. So if you weigh it up now, the person, he prays, he miss, he prays that, that raka'ah. So he's not going to make up the raka'ah because he's already prayed it. But he's prayed it in a state where he's maybe there's knucks in it. The deficiency in it, due to the manner that he attended the salah. Then you have an individual he missed the rakah, and no doubt we should strive to not be from them that miss any, any of the rakahat. We should strive for that, but he misses the rakah. However, when he makes it up, he makes it up in this. He but he attends in a manner of, of sakina, and so that when he prays, he prays with sakina, and then when he when he completes the salah, he prays completes the salah with sakina. Oh, that is better. It's better for the individual. So that's the first thing. That the person should not do so, should not rush to the salah in order to preserve his own prayer and in order to perfect his own prayer. The second, no doubt, is that by way of him rushing to the salah, it may be a means of other, it may be a means of harm to the musalleen. To those that are currently already praying. It's going to occur. If you're in the Salah. And your focus is on the Salah. And your, your Basr is in the Mawdi' Sujood. Your, your, the way that you, where you're looking is at the point of Sujood. You're focusing upon the prayer. Your heart is harder the Salah. And then you hear someone rushing behind you. You hear someone running behind you. Or running next to you, or running in the suf, in and around the sufuf, around you. No doubt, that's going to spark the attention of the of the individual. I may take from something of his prayer, because his attention has, has gone from the action at that particular point in time. 
And so now the individual has rushed to the prayer. He's not only harmed himself, possibly, but maybe harmed others as well. And so this is why the person, he attends in a manner which is of tranquility. Now, now thereafter, it mentions, with the salah, and so now if the salah has been established then either the account has been given then the person Praise the Salat al-Maktuba, yani the Salat for that particular time, an obligatory prayer. Now, so the person he prays, and this this is due to the narration of the same word, the Mutafakan Ali, the Akimut al-Salat for the Salat al-Maktuba. Now. And so, the individual prays that which has been established in the masjid. Thereafter, he mentions what is that atal masjid? Qadmu al-rijlu al-yumna fi al-dukhul. Wa qal bismillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. And so if the person comes to the masjid, then, and he places his, he enters the masjid, يعني, he enters the masjid with his right foot. He enters the masjid with his right foot. And he mentions the dua. Allahumma gfirli. Or bismillah. Wa salatu wa salam. Wa rasulillah. Allahumma gfirli. Dhanubi. Wa aftahli. Abu Abu Rahmatik. And. Mukhdaam mentions. And if he leaves. Then he mentions يعني, the same dua. <coughs> However, he mentions li abwaab fadlik. li abwaab fadlik. So here Ibn Qudar mentions what? If you enter the masjid, then you mention the dua, which particular dua? Bismillah wa salat wa salam. Rasulillah. Allahumma kfirli. Dhanubi. Waftahli abu abu rahmatik. And if he leaves. Bismillah wa salat wa salam. Rasulillah. This is what Ibn Khudam mentioned in Wahedo. Allahumma kfirli dhanubi. 
وافتح لي ابوابه فضلك نعم طيب so this narration this is based upon a narration of Fatima bint Rasulullah so this is based upon the narration of Fatima bint Rasulullah this wording نعم it's a narration of Fatima bint Rasulullah and this narration is found in Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah narration is found in Sunan Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah However, narration is what? This narration is what? Da'if. The narration is da'if. Hence why you don't hear this word, the word in very often, because there's da'if in the narration itself. Naam. There's da'if in the narration. And rather, you have the narration of Abu Hamid. وأبو السيد قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا دخل أحدكم المسجد فليقول اللهم افتح لي أبواب رحمتك وإذا خرج فليقول فليقول اللهم إني أسألك من فضلك نعم so this narration of the message of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he mentions that if one of you is to enter the masjid then he says اللهم افتح لي أبواب رحمتك يا الله open the doors the gates towards your mercy and if he is to leave then he says oh Allah I ask of you your virtue I ask of you your virtue نعم and this narration is found in Sahih Muslim and so it's, yani, sahih. And hence why this is this this is the wording which is yani mashhur. And the wording of entering the masjid or leaving the masjid, which is ma'roof amongst and the Muslim in generally. Even though you have other wordings that are mentioned, but the other wording, they are a ghayr thabita, yani. Or these other wordings, the other wording we mentioned here today is ghayr thabit. Taib. Thereafter as well, entering the masjid with the right foot. I had this hukum of entering the masjid with the right foot. Why do we mention entering the masjid with the right foot? He? The right. Naam. Yeah. But then why is uh why is it mentioned as well that when he leaves he should leave with the left foot? That's starting with that's starting with the left now. He's leaving, he's starting something, starting action. Leave a house, leave a left. Have fun. To follow the bread of the beast that's in a way of entering and exiting. Naam. You could you could say that in general, that that's in general. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he told us to do it, so we do it. No doubt, no doubt. 
the one that the one that is mutamassik uh, with sunnah. He finds it's from the sunnah khalas. It's makbul endo at all. But yeah, there's you could say there's 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 asbab, there's reason for it. The, the right is more virtuous than the left, no doubt. And you mentioned tayammun. What's tayammun? No. As opposed to tayammun, tayammun with a noon in the end is the the, the, the the action of preferring or the the action of proceeding with the right now. Okay? So how would you explain it then? Why how would you explain this particular ruling? So first and foremost we have the we have the narration of Aisha Anha Naam where she mentions Anha that the Prophet sallallahu can you hibbu tayammun and the Prophet Sallallahu used to love doing that with the right. Naam. Fi tina'ulihi tawajulihi wa tuhuri tina'ulihi tawajulihi wa shu'ulihi kullihi. Yani in his purification, the wearing of his shoes, his, uh, the, the color of his hair, and in all of his affairs. We have that narration. How do we understand the narration now with this couple? Naam. Naam. Why? That's that's what that's, that's why. That's the question essentially. Okay. But then what about leaving though? He leaves with the left. He loved the masjid. So the right spends more time in the masjid than the left. So I watch. When you check. The when right says all time. That's yeah. When you take off your shoes, do you take off the left first? Do you, when you take off your shoes, do you take off the left first? No. no. Take off the left first? Is yeah. it similar to that? Is it similar to that? Yeah, Ali. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let someone else guess, inshallah. Yeah, you're going away to the left. Closer, closer. A lot closer. I smell the answer coming, basically. <laughs> You're going out into the world. No. Essentially. Possibly, yeah. No. No. Closer. But I'll miss you, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, the, 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 you're going into the, from the, 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 the best of the baqa'at fi dunya, the best of the places in the dunya, is the masjid. Naam. So no doubt it's befitting that you enter with your right. From the best of places in the dunya, it's befitting you enter with your right. Naam. Because of, because of the makana of the place itself, the virtue of the place itself. Naam. And so when you're leaving such a place of virtue, because of the virtue of it, you wouldn't leave with your right. Naam, you leave with your left. Because of the virtue of where you're leaving. The same to what the, the brother mentioned, you're going out to the world. Naam, but also because of where you're leaving. You're leaving a place of virtue. So you're leaving something of the place of khayr. It's not befitting a person leaves with the right. Just as, for example, it's not befitting that the person enters the bathroom with their right. So we, we're not going to say now, for example, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he would he you 
a tayammun. Now, so he mentioned the no doubt the Prophet loved the tayammun, the, the affair of uh, um, beginning of the rite. Well, no, that is muqayyid. It's not the case that he began the tayammun and everything, unless it was something, or if everything, if it's mentioned that there's maybe something virtuous. So here, for example, you're leaving a place of virtue, something, no doubt, of less virtue. So you wouldn't do that, you wouldn't do that with your right. When you're entering a place of virtue, the masjid, there's no more virtuous place in the dunya than the masjid. So you're going to enter with your right. Now, that makes sense? Uh, now, so hence, this is why you have this uh, particular ruling in the taqdim, yani the person placing the right before the left. And if you were to ask for a particular narration for that, then we would mention the narration, the previous mentioned narration of Aisha, anha. Now, so even though the narration does not mention specifically, yani entering and leaving the masjid, then However, it's understood that this can be used for this particular action. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Thereafter, that alhamdulillah completes this particular uh, chapter of the adab of, of the Mashi al salam Thereafter, we have our next chapter, which is the Sifat al-Salah. Baba Sifat al-Salah. And inshallah, we'll continue that in our next lesson because it's a few... It's a, it's a long chapter, so it will take a few lessons to cover, bismillah ta'ala. And it will, the, the focus is on, of course, is understanding the, the manner in which the prayer is established and the manner in which it's established according to the sunnah. We'll mention some of the ikhtilafat, bismillah ta'ala, in relation to it. Not going to any, not going to too, too much detail, but mention some of the ikhtilafat. Wallahu ta'ala A'lam Okay So In the previous lesson No, I can't remember what was mentioned What, no. what text do they use to say it's impurity? Is it in the ayah? Is it in the so generally speaking, because of uh, what's understood for it to be an impurity, it's due to the fact that it is haram. Um, so it's akl is haram. And so the wedge which is understood is that the eating of the blood or eating of the food containing blood is haram. So this is indicative of it being an impurity. However, uh, from what's apparent, Allah Ta'ala knows best is that you wouldn't say it's an impurity. So some people mention that uh, excessive bleeding is... Um, excessive bleeding, this is something that breaks the wudu. Now, because, of the, because they regard it as being an impurity. So excessive bleeding is something that breaks the wudu. It's something that I haven't earlier mentioned. However, what is uh, apparent is that that's, that that's not the case. Um, I can't remember exactly what, what I mentioned in the last lesson, but 
because I'm not on the point of proving that it's impurity. So I can't remember mentioning it would be impurity. Unless we were talking about the dam of the uh, Hayd. That's impurity, 100%. So the dam of the menstruation or the dam of the fast, the dam of the, dam, the, the blood of the uh, postnatal bleeding, that's impurity. As for blood, generally speaking, then we wouldn't say it's, it's uh, impurity. There's nothing to really indicate it's of it being impurity, other than what is mentioned in terms of it's tahrim of akal, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's najis uh, now. Essentially, the tahrim for the all the texts that, that indicate the tahrim of the of the akal. So the, 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 for and when it comes to the the fact that it's it's not permissible to eat, then it, this is took taken as an understanding that it is it's from it's from the wuju of it not being permissible to eat, and from that spell we're not being permissible to eat, it's because it's nejis. Now, just like, for example, no doubt, we'd say that the laham l'khinzil is nejis. So then they would say, it's says, mif- mifluhu, yeah. No. 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 Is an evidence to... to of course. No, of course. And uh, you could say it's evidence, definitely. But at the same time, uh, someone could someone could respond and say that in response to it, someone could say in response to it, but this is halal Because now, for example, if you use the example of the person in battle and he's bleeding, but he's still establishing a prayer. He said, this is Durora. Hence, like, why the manner in which they prayed Salat al-Khawf, and this is in the hand of Jihad, you would not pray that Salat in, in any other scenario, outside of Khawf, outside of Jihad, jihad in, in fighting war. So you wouldn't now say that uh, it's not an absolute evidence, if that makes sense, because the Hal may, may dictate that they have, that they, they have a Ruqsa in that regard, yeah. But generally speaking, now there's, there's, in order to affirm that hukum, you have to, you have to have a proof. Now, in order to affirm that hukum, you have to have a proof, and there's no proof. It's not a, a, a established proof to say that it breaks the order. No, and hence as well, they they say, from the people that take that ruling, they will say that it's it's uh, large amounts of blood. So they'll say if someone has a small cut, doesn't break his order. But if they say like profuse, like you know, like actual bleeding, profuse bleeding, then this breaks the water. Now, so then, then of course, then you need then what what is upon them at that point is to establish why is that that much this this amount is that breaks the water, and then they think less than that doesn't break the water. Now, and there's nothing that essentially that would establish the the different the differentiation between the two. Allah knows best. Now, look at Muhammad